Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. Happy Sunday. It's a new month. We have a new book. For those of you who know October is traditionally our month to talk about prosperity and, and ways and means in which we can up our own ideas of prosperity and prosperity in our own lives. This year we're using Edwin Gaines' excellent book called The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. And I think where I need to start is by undoing some of what we already believe to be true. But let me read the introduction here. And then we'll, we'll carry on. So uh, this is from page one of the introduction, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, Edwin Gaines. I am a woman of power, and I am also a woman of passion. It's not enough for me that I now live in comfort and luxury. I have made a commitment that I would be responsible for changing the way that all people think about their potential for prosperity and abundance. It is my goal that every single person on this planet have faith that all he or she needs and wants in life will indeed appear. And that includes you. My mission is not complete until you too are living a life of true prosperity. I want to see your life transformed and my purpose in writing this book is to help you with a program of practical steps, exercises, and spiritual principles to embark upon a wondrous new journey, a journey of true prosperity. And so the reason I think we need to maybe take a look at our current beliefs is I think we may have prosperity mixed up with money. And so I want to talk about today a frank discussion of money. And although this is Prosperity Month, this in fact may be the only Sunday we actually talk about money. And you'll find out why. And I'm going to launch into this by talking about dog training. <laughs> I know. I know. It's part of my life. Some of my lessons I learned from my small furry family. And so we got a new dog this year. We've had uh, our sweet Sarah for a couple years. And so Ivy came and, and joined her. Sarah being uh, almost two and, uh, you know, very mature for her age. She, we're down at the dog park and she knows all the dogs and, you know, is well socialized. And we have a wonderful time with our Frisbee and our, our Chuckets. And, you know, we got kind of of a, 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 an owner dog kind of thing going and that's a lot of fun. And, we, and so we introduced kind of crazy little Ivy to this mix. And Ivy, for all of her love and joy and funness, doesn't quite get the games yet. She's just a puppy and so that's understood. And as an example, you'll throw the ball and Ivy like looks at your hand, right? <laughs> I mean... You know, it's like you throw the ball and Sarah will go off after the ball because Sarah knows that's the game. That's how we have fun. That's how Larry and us have so much fun. We chase the ball and it's all exciting and wonderful and like, could life be any better than this? And Ivy looks up at my hand going, so what's with the hand? And so I, I point, of course, no, the ball, the ball, it's over there. And Ivy goes, the finger, the finger, 
why are you giving me the finger, right? And so we go through this a few times, and, and Ivy is having fun chasing after Sarah. When I throw the ball, sometimes she doesn't notice the ball, but she says, well, chasing after my sister is at least more fun than staring at your hand. So we'll give that a few tries. But what I, what I finally realized is she doesn't really understand what the game is yet. She's just kind of reacting. You know, a squirrel wanders by and we lose ivy, right? There isn't kind of a a mission involved. She's focused on the finger and not the game. She's focused on the hand pointing to the thing, but not the thing. Do you see where I'm going with this? My theory is most of us in the issue of prosperity and abundance in our lives are looking at and chasing after the hand, the finger, if you will, and not true prosperity. Edwin Gaines says most of us are not the masters of money. Money is the master of us. And so here's where I want to start, because here's where we have a little work that we have to undo, I think. Many of us, perhaps most of us, are working to earn money. This is a mistake. Not that, of course, we don't need money in our daily lives, not that we don't have bills that need to be paid, and obligations, and rents, and mortgages, and all of that kind of stuff. But Is that truly why we live? So if we are in a job, if we are engaged in some activity for the sole purpose of getting money, Edwin Gaines says, that's looking at the hand. And we're not even really in the game yet. She would say a master of money knows what their goals are first. A master of money would know what their intentions are. A master of money has a purpose for being on the planet. And when that is foremost in their mind, they don't even have to think about money. When you have a compelling vision of how your life is supposed to be, when you have that thought of how you're to give back to society or make a difference, when, when you have that, uh, that creativity that, that Lori talked about, that she sang about in her song, when that is moving you forward into greatness, the entire resources of the universe will flock to you And you won't even have to worry about where the money, where the help, where the resources come from. Let me use another example of where money is our master. How many people here have kind of household budgets? Probably about half of us. Okay. And, you know, it's good to have a budget. It's good to know how we're going to spend our money. It's good to, to know that when the check comes, some of it has to be set aside for rent. Some of it needs to be put into the utilities fund or whatever it is. This is good management of our money. But what about what's left over? I call it my mad money. Does everybody know what mad money is? I think in the financial word, they actually call it discretionary spending, which you know is probably an all proper word and all. Well, when I was young, I would get my paycheck and I had a budget 
And so I earmarked the amount of it that went to rent and I earmarked the amount of it that I would need to pay bills and had some money for, for food and so on. And whatever was left, I spent because it was my money to have fun with. Do you see how scary this is? I was saying my fun was only dependent upon what was left over. My desires for expression in life, my ability to do more than just paying my bills and, and eking out my life's existence. I was saying that the very heart of me had to be divided up based on what was left over. Do you see the message I was telling myself? Now, it isn't that the budget was bad, but perhaps I should have been budgeting first for my mission. Perhaps I should have been budgeting first for how I want to live my life. The expectations that I, that I want to have for growth and becoming even more awesome than I am. <laughs> right? Right? Because if we only view ourselves as worthy of what's left over after I've paid the other bills, then money has mastered you. Now I realize this is one of those tough love stories because most of us, most of us were trained that how we get ahead was by accumulating money and then we would have enough to do the things that we wanted to do. And I'm here to tell you, if our focus is on acquiring the money, we will probably never actually put enough attention on what it is we're supposed to spend it on, to really spend it in a way that reflects our desires for the future moving forward, that really reflects our plan for the gift that we have to give or the purpose we hear on the planet. And I, and I know in a few weeks we're going to talk about life's purpose and that immediately brings up the thought of, oh great, so I have to have some really lofty and wonderful idea for, for how I'm going to spend my life. And a part of me is wanting to just poke back at you and say, yeah, you should. <laughs> but another part of me says, this doesn't have to be some lofty scheme for being the, you know, the president of the United States or Mother Teresa. Knowing what your mission is can be as simple as I'm here to bring love to the world. Or, or like in Edwin Gaines' case, I will not rest until the true ideas and mission of prosperity in the world is well known to people. Do you see, it doesn't have to be some aspirations to be the, I don't know, the head of something or a worldwide organization. I mean, our, our mission can be love. Our mission can be a sense of purpose in the area of helping children or whatever it might be. But when we have that mission, it's like a magnet. You know, we talk about the uh, law of attraction, and in fact, in a couple weeks, we'll spend part of our sermon talking about the law of attraction specifically, but what is attractive about you is what lights you up. It's not about paying the bills. Paying your bills is not going to attract more abundance in your life. What's going to attract more abundance in your life is what turns you on. 
It's where you would like to spend your time. It's what seems like the right thing to do. It's the causes that you stand for. It's knowing in your heart that you are here to make a difference in your life and in the lives of the people around you and maybe even your larger community. It's when we were talking about our community partners earlier. Those are some of the things that this Center for Spiritual Living stands for. Housing available to people who need it, a meal that is needed, right? And we stand for that. And that is what has you, now I know you're going to think I'm a little crazy here, but that is one of the reasons you come here and you give on Sunday, because we are making that point of attraction. Here's what we stand for. Here's what we do in the world, and almost irresistibly, right, Larry's up here with his magnetism hands going, almost irresistibly, you know that this is a good place to be and that we stand for things that are important. And so, of course, money, too, as well as our resources of time and expertise are available to pull off some of these amazing projects that we do. So, how do you begin becoming a master of money in your own life? If you're willing to bear with me for a moment, I'd like to lead us in just a little bit of an imagination exercise. So, close your eyes if you're willing and think of a time in your life when you felt rich. Now, it may not be that you were, in fact, had lots of money in the bank, but you felt rich, you felt fulfilled, you felt that you were making a difference, your heart was filled up with the ability to give and to be and to do. A time in your life when you knew you were in the right place doing the right thing. Now some of us may think of it as a time when you were in the zone, when you were just, just oblivious to the world around them, on track, on mission. Some of us may think of it maybe as a, a, a big achievement that we have done, maybe, maybe uh, finishing a, a project of some duration and that sense of completeness, that sense of achievement, that sense of just being filled up in knowingness about yourself and your life. So think of such a time, a time of fulfillment, a time of feeling supported, a time when your heart was full. And now for the imagination piece. Imagine that it is five years from now. So it's five years from now, and you have taken that, whatever that was, to the next outrageous level. So if it was a creative endeavor that you were thinking about, you have upped that to the max. Maybe, maybe now you're playing the piano on stage. Maybe now your creative endeavors in the arts are, are well known throughout the world. Or maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe your ability to really love and interact with your partner has risen above any expectations you ever had for greatness. Imagine yourself five years out and you are completely at the next level of engagement in your own life. 
Maybe you're doing wondrous things for the community. Maybe you have stepped up in a way for your own family that you have never thought possible. Maybe a dream of uh, nurturing children has turned into a daycare center or a series of daycare centers. So simply for a few moments, use your imagination to take that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of participation, that heartfelt sense of being filled up, take it to the next outrageously powerful level. All right, you can, you can open your eyes again. You have now just taken the first step in becoming the master of money. When you have this picture in your mind, there will be no stopping it. And in fact, the universe will turn upside down to bring you the resources, to bring you the help, to bring you whatever is needed in that endeavor because that is the essence of attractiveness. So money, the, you know, the universe is infinite. Everything we could ever want already exists. So it isn't a question of having to make anything. It's the question of delivery. It's the, right? It's, the, it's that age-old warehousing problem. The, the stuff is over here, and perhaps you're over here. And what I will tell you is when you have a dream that is grand and firm and outrageously compelling, it's like the UPS truck is busy. It will bring you what you need. This is the first step into becoming a master of money. And what's interesting is it's almost to say, forget about the money. Money isn't the thing. Money is the pointing hand, the game the pleasure, the interaction is where your heart wants to soar. And so if you're saving up for a, some retirement that you haven't even planned yet, stop it. <laughs> if you're saving up and working hard in a job you really hate just to pay the bills, it's time to relook at that. Let us kindle the dream. Let us understand how we can be greater than what we have been before. Let us imagine our lives in luxury and participation in the world. And then, stronger than ever, the money will flow to you. You will discover that some of your creative ideas generates money on its own. You will discover that your job becomes more blissful because you will have a sense of where the money is going. Instead of looking at our, at our budget at the beginning of the month and saying, well, all that's left is $50, I guess, for the whole month, the only fun I can have amounts to $50. Instead... 
we're dreaming big and things come to us that don't cost any money at all. Suddenly the, the great pleasure of our interacting in the world overtakes any thought of where things are going to come from. And it just is. We're outrageously enjoying our life. We're feeling on purpose. The, the people show up that can help us with that because it's part of their passion as well. We're, we're sounding a bell that cannot be unrung because that's who we are. We're authentically participating in the world. Well, you knew there'd be homework, because I always do homework. My homework is both simple and devilishly complicated. It's as simple as asking, are you the master of your money, or is your money the master of you? That's the simple form of it. And the way that we get that really is forgetting about money altogether. And it's getting back to what turns you on. How can you participate even more grandly in life? Where can you move forward to take you to that next level of greatness, of participation, of interest, of being in the zone, the next level of your creativity, the next gift that you have to give that's bigger than, than any gift you have ever seen before, that's where it starts. And we will be giving you tools all this month for achieving it. The tools are easy. You'll discover that some of the tools we have to share this month are easier than you could possibly imagine. And if we don't apply them to what's really important, if we apply them to the finger <laughs> instead of the real game, we will not make any progress. We will end up with more zeros in our bank account. And whether they're on the correct side of the decimal point or not, maybe just up to the vagaries of life itself. When we're on point, when we know what our purpose is, when we know what the game is going to be, oh my gosh, stand back. I'm going to close with a, a quote uh, out of Edwin Gaines' book. This is how she ends chapter number one on mastering money. Come on, Edwin. I ran out of paper clips while I was working. Here we are. All right. So the truth is that you can have everything you want or desire in this life. You can be free from the grips of poverty. You can live a life filled with joy, faith, and prosperity. You can live according to your divine purpose and with everything that you could possibly want or need at your fingertips for that purpose. If only you can learn to master money. Mastering money while moving into prosperity is what you will learn to do through the simple but vital principles laid out in this book. And it is a journey that I promise will change your life forever. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one joy. There is but this one thing, this thing itself. I choose to call it God, but... But whether you call it God or Allah, whether you call it the divine feminine or just the universe in general, what I know about this thing is that it is everywhere present because it is everything. 
And in God's uh, universal prosperity, I know that everything that could ever be desired or needed or wanted is already present. And that includes me. It includes the resources for, for fueling my life. It includes a, the, the culmination of all of my dreams and desires as I, as I hold them present, as I have excitement about them. God reacts in the positive. And so for each person in this room, I know a better idea of what the purpose is, why you're existing, how you are to contribute. I know that with greater clarity comes to you why this world is here and why you're in it. Calling forth ever greater displays of the universe to stand up and take notice, to fulfill your needs, to bring you money, yes, but resources of all kinds, the ability to do and to be and to achieve to make this world the amazing place that it is intended to be. It starts right in the human heart, right in the human imagination. And I bless you all for taking up this badge, this pledge, this idea of who and what you are to become. And so in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself, I know that law always responds in the positive, that as we claim it, it becomes ours. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.com. US slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.